Uh, I am Pastor Tom, and um, it is my privilege to be with you. Um, can we thank once again our worship team for leading us in such a celebratory morning? We had a we had a couple who came for the first time this first service, and um, they loved it, and they loved uh, everything about it. And then as they were leaving, they heard this group practicing and they're like wait what's that <laughs> and they stayed for the music because they wanted to, to be able to soak that up and so we're so grateful that we get to celebrate with you this morning as um, Ted mentioned it is celebration Sunday and so I'll share what that means in just a minute but for right now let's take out our Bibles and join together in Philemon um, verse 4 there's only one chapter in it it's only one page in your Bible and mine if you don't have a Bible open up to page 830 37 in the Pew Bibles, 837. And um, if you don't own a Bible, that is our gift to you. We'd love for you to take the one in front of you home. And if you come back next week, you can bring it with you. Uh, beginning at verse 4, the Apostle Paul writes, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord God, these are our words. These express our hearts as leaders and as members of the body that you've called together in this place. We have so many things to be thankful for, ways in which you have radiated your light into a world of darkness. And so I pray that as we sing songs and as we celebrate memories, God, that you would bless us with your presence, that you would draw us closer together and closer to you, that we may be more like you when we leave than when we came. And all God's people said, Amen. Well, as we mentioned at the beginning of the service, today is Celebration Sunday. It's a day that for the last several years has become a tradition of sorts here where we look back on the last year. So for us, that's 2019. Can you believe 2019 was last year? It's kind of crazy. But we look back in order to take a moment and pause and thank God for the many ways he has blessed us so that we can be a blessing to others. And normally at the end of the message, we share a video slideshow show is kind of the culmination to show you uh, some of the many ways God has worked in and through this place, but this year we felt like having dessert before the main dish, and so um, for the next few minutes, let's uh, take a moment as the lights come down and watch some of the many images of ways God has worked in and through you in the year 2019. Let's watch. Though the tears may fall, my song will rise, my song will rise to you. Though my heart may fail, my song will rise, my song will rise to you. While there's breath in my lungs, I will praise you, Lord. In the dead of night, I'll lift my eyes, I'll lift my eyes to you. Though the waters rise, I'll lift my eyes, I'll lift my eyes to you. While there's hope in this heart, I will praise you. Oh, oh. The joy of 
Okay, let's praise God for what he's done in this place. For those of you who might be visiting us for the first time, you might feel like you walked into a family reunion of a family that isn't yours. And I, I'm reminded of that every year when I put together, when we put together as a, as a church these videos, and that each picture represents a memory that so many of us. Uh, can can remember because we were a part of it. My prayer for you, if you're here for the first time, is that next year you look forward to this day because you're going to remember these many memories as this becomes your church family as well. Um, the first person I'd like to invite to come and speak this morning is our council president, Ed Scarrow. Um, Ed is a servant leader, and I shared this in brief, um, but I could go on and on. Uh, as I said at the last service, many of us don't realize the gift and blessing we have. Ed is a leader in every facet of his life, in his family, um, as a small group leader here at the church, working on the building team, on the school board. I mean, I could go on and on, and I'm not surprised. Not um, be, there's, there's not somebody, I don't know that I know someone who leads with as much humility as Ed, and um, how incredibly blessed we are to have had him in the position that he is in leading our church over this last year. And so uh, would you please give a round of welcome and encouragement to Ed as he comes forward. Yes, I am Ed Scarrell. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Tom. Um, when I look back at 2019 and I saw all, all the amazing things that our church family um, has kind of been through and where we're at now compared to how the year started. I'm just, I'm humbled by the fact that through the love and support of so many of our church family pulling together, it just, just makes me so happy um, that I can look back and see the physical things that we work together uh, through all the various projects um, by the huge Light of the World gift that initiated uh, a lot of giving and the success of the projects of the Narthex to our tremendous upgrades for our elevator. Um, there's lots of different projects. It's all listed in our annual report, but I, I look at that and I just think what, what we, we can accomplish when we all pull together. Uh, big message I wanted to share with you is that in early October, um, our entire council reached out to you and we're letting you know that we're projecting a deficit of almost $26,000. 
but I'm here to report that um, the final numbers, as you can see in the detailed budget, um, we closed that gap to about $1,200 in deficit. So praise God. Um, another great thing that's, that we can see is the fact that our, our volunteer base of ushers, people that give communion, that, that greet, that do all the behind the scenes, uh, it's grown over 80%. We have 127 people that have committed to helping out every Sunday. I just think that's awesome. I mean, I, as a welcome, welcome team leader, when I show up and there's new people that I've never met, that excites me. To, to no end, because that's what it's all about. It's us as individuals stepping forward, kind of getting out of our comfort zone a little bit and, and just really participating. So it's just wonderful to see. Um, I'd like to close with a little scripture that I picked out for this, for this message today. It's in Matthew chapter 5, 5 through 16. People don't hide a lamp under a bowl. They put it on a lampstand. Then the light shines for everyone in the house. In the same way, you should be a light for other people. Live so that they will see the good things you do and praise your Father in heaven. My calling to everyone here is don't let your, high, your light shine in 2020. You know, we look forward to seeing you each and every week and serving more and more with you. With that, praise God, and I thank you. Thank you, Ed. If you notice the picture of Ed up there, uh, we had a volunteer banquet thanking our volunteers earlier this year, and that was, where was your pizza from? Larducci's. Larducci's, which was good, but it wasn't the winner. We'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, next, also wasn't the winner I want to introduce, though, is uh, Steve Quist. He is our council vice president and one of our kids' ministry leaders, along with his wife, Cassie, um, another incredible leader, uh, he and his wife, who are doing things that you see and so many things behind the scenes that you don't see. They've pulled their, even their family who don't go here, who don't live in the area together to help get some of these projects off the ground and to completion. Um, they are servant leaders, and we're so blessed uh, that they're a part of our church family. So would you give Steve a warm welcome as he comes up to talk about kids? I got it. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for being here. 2019 was another year full of growth and change for St. John's kids. Our focus remains on encouraging kids to make wise choices, build strong relationships, and develop a deeper faith. We are incredibly thankful for all of our children's ministry volunteers. The work could not be done without any of them. So they're not here right now, but let's give them a round of applause. They can hear That's because they're serving right now. <laughs> they are serving right now. Also, we couldn't do it without you guys, um, the families. You've been gracious uh, whenever the congregation, whenever we ask for uh, snacks, the outpouring is amazing. Um, we just get like giant Costco boxes of stuff showing up, <laughs> even if they're missing a few. Did Ed leave? A uh, few of the uh, fruit snacks. We got like a 97 pack. Um, but that's okay. We'll take that. Quality control. <laughs> he was making sure they were safe. Uh, <laughs> uh, each year we look to continue expanding our programming, not just in the number of kids in the program, but also uh, how we can improve it and add to what we're offering. Uh, this year the focus was really on improving St. John's Kids over the summer. Uh, we offered several fun Sundays, like slip and slide into summer, 
a mess fest, which was incredibly messy, and a slime day. All of these improvements to our programming led to more consistent attendance throughout the summer. Our total attendance over the summer nearly doubled from 57 kids to 104 kids year over year, so we were really happy about that. Um, and we were happy to continue sharing God's word with our families throughout the busy summer months. So again, thank you to you as parents for committing to that and bringing your kids over the summer. Uh, that was awesome, and we really liked that. We also hosted our first annual Star Spangled Kids event during Elkhorn's 4th of July celebration. We provided free activities, games, and most importantly, obviously, a giant inflatable obstacle course that was like 90 feet long mm -hmm. for children of all ages and adults of all ages. <laughs> Pastor Tom, too, not just me, <laughs> uh, to enjoy. So it was a really good time. We were able to share information about our programming with hundreds, hundreds of families. Um, it was awesome. This year also saw us shift our age range to try to better fit the needs of our congregation. We added programming all the way down to the three-year-olds, um, and we also made the decision to move sixth graders into Blast Youth Group. All these changes have led to continued growth. Um, we went from having 38 kids actively involved in the program in 2018 to 49 kids actively involved in 2019. Uh, meeting the needs of children ages 3 years old to 12 years old remains our top priority, and we're so happy to provide developmentally appropriate curriculum for everyone. We are working hard this year to foster the connections not only with the children who participate in our program, but with their families as well. This coming year, we're actually adding programming down even a little younger, all the way down into the nursery room. So if you want to drop your kids off in the nursery during this time or 1045 service, uh, there is programming for the little guys. It's pretty cute. It's a little fun video that's been stuck in my head for like days, every week. But that's okay. <laughs> uh, but it's good. We really want to touch them at a young age and get excited and get the kids excited. So uh, we're excited to offer that coming in. 2020. Um, here at St. John's, we get roughly 40 hours a year with our kids to share God's word and guide them on their faith journey. Fostering relationships with our children's families allows us to tap into the almost 3,000 hours parents get with their children throughout the year. This allows us to work together as a team to reinforce what is talked about on Sunday at home and to ensure our children know how much they are loved and cared about. So again, thank you, all of you guys. Thank you for bringing your kids. Um, we're going to try to continue increasing resources for you guys at home um, and opportunities to get plugged in here at church with your kids. So we couldn't do it without you, so give yourselves a hand. Thank you. Mm, thank you. Thank you, Steve. And on a similar note, uh, the last but not least is our um, pizza uh, volunteer banquet contest winner, Wendy Ellsworth. Hold your applause. Wendy is still is also a council member, longtime member here at St. John's with her family, um, and is one of our Blast Youth Ministry leaders. And in his way of introduction, uh, what I shared at the last service is our vision as a church is to be a multi-generational family of faith. We want to get all the generations together. And there's this one example that she shared just off the cuff at a council meeting that I want her to share with you this morning as an example of the many things God is doing through our young people. We do an annual giving tree each year. 
And this year we had like 116 gifts or something that were given through that, which is a wonderful, awesome thing. And our youth took several of those gifts upon themselves and were able to provide those gifts for people outside these four walls. And it's just one example of the way God is working through our young people, and Wendy shares it well. And uh, so please give a warm welcome to Wendy. Thank you. Good morning. So um, again, I'm Wendy Ellsworth. I'm one of the BLAST leaders and a council member. Um, and in early December, we put out an opportunity to our youth kids. We said, we're going to support some of the gifts on the giving tree. And Tracy Jacobson picked off um, a bunch of the gifts and divided them up, not knowing how many kids we would have show up on a Wednesday night to go shop at Walmart. Um, and we told the kids, we're going shopping in early December. Bring money. The money we're spending tonight is whatever you guys are willing to donate. The adults put nothing in. Um, we had 33 of us all together, kids and adults, that met at church. And until the last student walked in the door, we had no idea if we were going to have $10 to buy all these gifts or, you know, $200 to buy all these gifts. And God definitely provided. Um, we met as a group here. We totaled the money. About $200 was donated by all the kids. We split into groups, hopped into vehicles, and off to Walmart we went. A mob of 33 walked into the Walmart doors, stopped, turned, took a picture, split into groups. Every group was given their shopping list. And um, I took a group of middle school girls with our shopping list, and there were um, two things on it. A pair of winter gloves for a four-year-old boy and art supplies for a 10-year-old girl. And the kids are like, whoa, okay, well, if all that the boy wants is gloves, we need to get a good pair. No four-year-old boy can play in the snow and have gloves that get wet after just a few minutes of playing. So we got to get nice gloves. Off to the kids' section we went. We um, found a pair of gloves. The girls are like, yeah, I think these will be good. But they're like, wait, a four-year-old boy, what size, you know, hands? And one of the girls is like, oh, my little brother's about that age. And she tried to shove her hands in the gloves, and she's like, oh, I think these will work. You know, their hands are a little smaller than mine. They're like, okay, great, $9. And the whole time the kids are thinking, okay, at the checkout, we need to think about tax. We can't go over our budget. And I'm thinking, what middle school kid thinks about tax at the checkout line? But the yeah, and budget. And these girls had it. They're like, okay, $9 that included a little money for tax. We got $31 to spend. So off to the art supplies we went. And they got to the aisles and they started perusing the, the shelves and they said, we need to get the best, the best. We need to pick out whatever we would want, whatever gifts we would be happy with at Christmas. They're like, we're not going to go for the cheap stuff. So they started looking at all the, all the different things, and they picked out this 96-piece art set, markers, colored pencils, paints, everything included. They got a sketchbook. They got um, an inspirational teen coloring book, and they're like, this is awesome. And so we walked back up towards the checkout as we stopped and took some crazy pictures with hats and whatever else we could find on the, on the um, shelves along the way. And we had people stopping and talking to us and asking, what are you doing? Why are, why are all these teens invading Walmart? And the kids shared. They're like, we're with our youth group. We're picking out gifts that we're going to give um, to others in the community that are in need. And the employees and the shoppers were like, whoa, why is a group of teens willing to do this, willing to go out of their way to do this? 
And the kids were so willing to share that and put a smile on, on the people's faces that they met along the way. We all met up at the checkout, paid for the gifts, brought them back to church, and the following week we were able to wrap those gifts. And the joy on the kids' face was amazing. They knew they were never going to meet the kids whose gifts these were going to be blessing that Christmas, but they were willing to put themselves out there and touch the hearts of others. Um, and it was just an awesome opportunity to see the way the middle schoolers and high school kids were willing to give of their own money and give back to the community. So we look forward to more of those opportunities in the year to come. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you for sharing, and thank you for your leadership. We have some incredible leaders who are pouring into the lives of our young people, and um, just this is just one of, of many of the examples. Um, as, as I reflect on this last year, this is odd, so you're going to have to follow me for a little while. Um, have you ever wondered what makes a sunrise so beautiful? Maybe some of you have. Maybe some of you just look at the sunrise and think, wow, that looks nice. But I was thinking about it this week, and, and I was thinking about the fact that the sun itself doesn't drastically change, like in shape or color or brightness from day to day. And at the same time, those two sunrises are the same. And so, so I did a little research, and what I learned is that the colors that capture our gaze are actually rays of light that are bouncing off of countless particles moving throughout the atmosphere of the earth. And there's this technical term that I read about that describes this phenomenon, and the term is called scattering. And it has the potential to create beautiful sunrises that take our breath away. Now that thought caused me to think of another thought that I had read once by Christian author C.S. Lewis. It was, it was presented in an essay that he was giving to the Oxford Socratic Club, and essentially he was trying to defend why he believed the Christian faith is more than just a good story. And his closing line was this. He said, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen. Not because I, I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. Not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. It's, it's a fascinating essay to read in its entirety. It, in it, he, he says that if he was going to pick a religion based purely on entertainment value of stories or some other value, he'd probably go with the Greek mythology before he'd go with the Bible. I guess according to Zeus, the, or according to Lewis, the, the stories of Zeus are more exciting than the character of a shepherd boy named David or the son of a carpenter from Nazareth named Jesus. But see, the reason that Lewis chooses the stories and the lessons in this book, the Bible, off of which the Christian faith is built, is that these serve a function that is infinitely more valuable than entertainment. They make sense of life itself. The Bible was not written to entertain us. There's parts of it that are certainly entertaining, but it is intended to reveal the very light of God in the world around us. And the Gospel of John, for example, as John writes about the life of Jesus, calls Jesus the Word incarnate. And at the very beginning of his book, he says that in Jesus was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. 
the light that shines in the darkness and that the darkness has not overcome. I don't know about you, but that sounds to me a lot like a sunrise, doesn't it? A sunrise. And that light, as John unfolds it through the rest of the gospel, is in the person of Jesus, the Son of God. It's in his life, and it's in his death for our sins on the cross, and it is in his resurrection as the firstborn of all who believe and find life in his name. And he later goes on to say that as you and I follow Jesus, like our middle schoolers are following Jesus in Walmart, like our, our kids are following Jesus, like so many of you are following Jesus as we follow him in our everyday lives. We get to become particles in the atmosphere of the world so that God's light would bounce off of us into places of darkness. It's what Ed shared from the Gospel of Matthew, that we may let our light so shine, as Jesus said, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Friends, this reminds me that at the very core of it, the purpose of the church is not to entertain, it is to build one another up in the faith so that we can go out and reflect God to one another in the world around us, just like a sunrise. And just like a sunrise, as God's light reflects off of you and me, his church, his beautiful bride, it creates something unique and breathtaking in the process. And I asked you to indulge me in that tangent because that's the image that comes to my mind as I prayerfully reflect back on the seemingly countless ways in which God has worked in and through, has radiated out of this place and into the world in 2019. You and I have been blessed to be co-laborers with God, to scatter his light. And yes, as I look back on the experiences of this last year and the ups and the downs, I do recognize that maybe scattered might be a good word to describe some of it. And then I look back on my life in 2019, and I see some pretty scattered places there too. Is anybody else with me? Show of hands, at least a couple of you. Good, good. We're not alone. The reason I ask you to admit that even publicly is because like a sunrise, sometimes scattered can be beautiful. I saw this beautiful scattering here in this church in the many building projects that Ed alluded to that have completed welcoming spaces for our growing church family to worship and experience God's presence through community. You see our new welcome area outside those doors in the picture here. And so many of you have no idea how many hours and sweat and even blood was shed to lay those floors and to hang those lights, and to make the absolute best use of every penny that has been given to the work of God in this place. And we could not have been more thankful this year for this physical space. We could not have been more thankful when God called us to use this space for purposes that we could not have been possibly prepared for, places of gathering and comfort and peace. As I look back and I count out that that we hosted here at St. John's 10 funerals for saints who have been a part of our church family who have gone to be with the Lord. Was there 10 people who were in the pews last year? 
Those were 10 opportunities that we had to shine God's light and hope of the resurrection in one of the darkest hours of need. In total, as I was looking at it, there were five additional funerals that I officiated for those who didn't have a church to call their home. And because of you, because of you in each and every one of those examples, this church was able to radiate hope in a world of darkness, not just through the physical space, but through those of you who came in to provide hospitality in the lunches in reaching out to families to see if they're okay and coming alongside one another in the midst of our mourning and our pain and sharing the love of the gospel. Friends, this is why the church matters, and it's why we need to be here. And I want to thank you for being the church in the midst of these painful moments. Thank you to those of you who bring your children and youth. Our kids' ministry and our youth ministries, as we look back, reached 93 unique young people over the last year. Now, they don't all come at the same time. That would really make Walmart crazy if that happened, right? But these are unique young souls that God has privileged us with the opportunity to have an influence on for the gospel. They may not be here every week, but that's what's growing more common and common with the scattered nature of our lives as they're busy with so many other things. But we are here every week. You are here every week encouraging our young people to grow and to become more consistent in their faith and then go out and reach others. So we look at our church as a whole, our average attendance has grown over this year. Many of you have noted, those of you who have been around for a while, that there's lots of new faces each week. But what I looked at this year that I thought was especially insightful was this number, it's on your little packet that you got, that there are roughly 430 people who call this their church home and come to worship here on a regular basis. Maybe not every single week, but they're here on a very regular basis, just like our kids and youth, and they consider this their church. This is where they come to find the encouragement of the gospel. On Christmas Eve, we had 595 people walk through the doors. I see a couple people going like this. It was crazy, wasn't it? It was crazy and it was beautiful as you looked out at the many people holding out light in a world of darkness to remember and celebrate that that is the message of God, sending his son to be born in a manger. And as I think about that, not only did we need every square inch of the space that so many of you sacrificed to help create in this building, but we needed every one of the people who stepped up to be a volunteer on our welcome team to help usher and greet and distribute communion. I don't know if you caught it when Ed said 127 of you have said yes to serving on Sunday mornings. Can we praise God for that? It's an incredible thing. And the reason I want to praise God for that is because I have the privilege of meeting several of these people as they come through our Pizza with the Pastor class. It's one of my many excuses to eat pizza. And as they come forward, one of the questions we first ask is, not only how did you come to St. John's, but why did you stay? And the number one reason that people cite over and over and over again for staying is that they were greeted with a smile that they felt accepted, that people are friendly, that they believed that when they walked through the doors, they were wanted. And friends, that's you. That's you scattering the light of Christ into the world around us. 
I see distinct colors in every family that we've been privileged to partner with. I, I see it in our incredible music ministry. Can we praise God again for just an uplifting morning of worship? Jennifer at our early service, her husband Matt, who led the, the Christmas choir after the first service they were here, he said, we got to start talking about Easter. So if you're ready to get on the choir for that, we're already thinking and praying about that. Lisa Falcon, as she leads our team here, they're growing. And I don't just mean growing in their abilities to, to sing and to use their instruments, but growing in their faith. And we in the pews are the beneficiaries of those gifts as they lead and grow in their leadership and leading us in song. So grateful for them. I see rays of hope in every dollar that was given this year to help fund God's mission in places outside these four walls, like our missionaries in Kenya. It was at the beginning of last year that we felt called by God to, to take a, a percentage, a 10% of what was given toward the light of the world giving uh, that has helped make many of our projects possible. That was given to us as a match, and so we took 10% of that and gave it to Kenya as a match so that they could purchase a new vehicle that was reliable and that would allow them to get out into some of the remote places that they serve with volunteers and mission teams and, and food and supplies. And I am so incredibly grateful, if you did not catch this message already, to tell you that our $6,000 was multiplied by the kingdom of God. And two other churches came alongside. It costs, I'm looking at Wendy because she's involved with the Kenya mission team. It costs $30,000 to purchase a vehicle in Kenya. It's crazy. That's what it costs. And so we sent six, and two other churches sent several thousand dollars, and then individuals came together. And this Christmas, when many of you gave food baskets for the village of widows that we feed every single Christmas, they were able to take that food out in a brand new vehicle because of you. Praise God. Not brand new, it's used, but it's new to them. <laughs> Our teenagers spent an entire week in the impoverished mountain communities of Colorado sharing the good news of Jesus through some very practical ways that they use their hands and feet. The 116 gifts that were given just a month ago through our giving tree were given to local families through foster care and safe families in addition to the things that we gave to our Kenya mission team halfway around the world. And I feel like every single year we put more gifts on that tree and every single year you are faithful in providing what God has called us to provide. And I could go on and on and on, and if you've heard my sermons before, you know I can go on and on and on. And I'm not going to do that to you this morning. What I want you to do is I want to leave you with our reading that I read at the very beginning from Philemon. The Apostle Paul wrote it when he was in, in prison in Rome, and it is the third shortest book in the Bible, if I remember right. It's a very powerful letter, and it's written to his brother in the faith who is part of leading a church and hosting a church. And the first thing he says in the very first verses is, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your love for all of his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. Paul is praising Philemon and his church because of their loving example to others around them. And I pray, he says in verse 6, that your partnership with us in the faith will be effective in deepening your understanding of every good work, every good thing that we share in this for the sake of Christ. 
Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Philemon has refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people by reflecting God's light. And for the rest of the letter, Paul then goes on to challenge him in love. Don't stop. And he calls him in a hard places. Specifically, he's going to call him to go and reconcile with people that would have felt impossible to be reconciled with because that would be the way in which the world would see the love of God. And as hard as it's going to be, Paul ends his letter with confidence that Philemon is going to do the right thing because his example in the past has proven his heart. Friends, as your pastor, I want you to know that I feel the same way about this church. I feel great joy and encouragement from you. And I know that that means in the year 2020 that God is going to call us to continue to do hard things, but he is going to use those moments as particles in the atmosphere of the kingdom of God to radiate his love to the world around us. And if I needed any further confidence in that, God gave it to me this last Friday. I was praying uh, for an opportunity to share with you just one of the many examples of the ways God has moved and is moving every single day through this body of faith. Uh, I was preparing for this message, and I got a message from a woman. Her name is Peggy. She is the daughter of, of Ray Gardner. Now, Ray and Orlean, um, that's their, their picture there. They sit in the very back where Wendy's sitting right now, uh, usually at the earlier services. And uh, you may or may not know who they are. They're very quiet. They slip in. They slip out. And Peggy messaged me on Friday to tell me that her father, who's 90, just turned 90 this year, had fallen earlier that day and broken his hip and was wondering if we'd come and, and pray for him. And so, um, and so, of course, you know, we planned to, to do that. I went, and our family care team went. Um, so many people came around to support and encourage them. Now, if you don't know Ray, um, not only did he turn 90, but he's, at, he's a World War II veteran. We celebrated that a number of years ago when he got to do the, uh, the um, honor flight. And if you know anything about his story, he'll tell you that he's had faith in Jesus for about as long as he can remember. And so anyway, I walked into the, to the hospital room on Friday afternoon to pray with him. And to my surprise, he had the biggest smile on his face. And the first thing he said to me was, was, Pastor, thank you so much for coming and praying with me. And now that I've got your attention, I, I'd like to, to tell you something that I've been meaning to tell you now for the last several years. And I know you're usually busy and doing lots of things at church, and so I didn't want to bother you. And, of course, his family and I joked. We said, you know, you didn't have to go to the hospital to get my attention, but that's okay. And, and so, so he says to me, he says, still, biggest smile on his face. He says, I am just so very thankful for this church. I'm so very thankful for the way that over the last number of years I have been able, these are his words, I have been able to praise Jesus with my whole heart, to hear God's word, to sing the songs, and he just went on and he on and on and on, and he said, I just wanted you and the church to know how thankful I am. And he had so much joy that I almost forgot in that moment that he was there with a broken hip, and I thought, my goodness, you must be in pain. And so I looked at him, he had a big smile on his face, I said, did they give you like a lot of pain medicine? And... And with the big smile on his face still, he looked at me, he said, no, if I move an inch, I will scream. And so I, 
I said to him, I said, what is it about your faith that's so encouraging to you in this moment? Because I want to know. What is it that's encouraging you right now that in the midst of pain that you're so thankful for your relationship with Jesus? And he looked at me and he said, I know that Jesus is holding me. I know that he's holding me. I know that he's with me. I know that he loves me. I know that he's going to be with me no matter what happens. I know that he's going to be with my wife, with my kids, with my grandkids, no matter what. And all I could think about when I looked into his eyes was that I was looking at the face of the old hymn, Blessed Assurance, in the face of Ray Gardner. Do you know that hymn? It came out in the 1800s. It goes, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. And that's what I saw in the eyes of Ray Gardner. Not because he's not in any pain, not because he's ignorant to the potential complications, but because in that moment of need, he knows that in the midst of it all, Jesus is his. And friends, I asked him, I said, can I share this with the church on Sunday? And he said, I could. Because I want you to know that you are a part of God working through you so that he could be prepared for the moment that he's in right now. And that is exactly what God has called us to be. Friends, I hope Ray's faith is a blessing to you, and I hope you know that that's God's love shining through you that has encouraged him like a sunrise. It's beautiful, new, and scattered, and it's only the beginning. And I want to end by just telling you that Ray's okay. He got through surgery. But if you would, could we pray for him, as I've told you his story Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you for this place and the many ways that you express your love through the people who walk through these doors. And for those who haven't even walked through these doors, God, you've called us to be light in a world of darkness. God, I thank you for the way that you have encouraged and strengthened and comforted Ray and Orlean and their family. God, through the many expressions of gifts and visitation and, and offers of help from our church, God, they have been, been overwhelmed by your love. And I pray that we would overwhelm the world around us by your love as we continue to be a light in a world of darkness. God, we know that we're called to do that, and we're called to do that by radiating your light as it bounces off of us and into the world. And so as we open our eyes, we are reminded that we don't do this work alone, but that as you shared with us, as you shared it with your disciples 2,000 years ago, on the night that you were betrayed, as you broke bread, you said, take and eat, this is my body broken for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you eat this, remember me. After the supper, you took the cup of blessing, gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, take and drink this cup it's the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink this, remember me. For as often as we eat this bread and we drink from this cup, we're reminded that it is the one that lives inside of us, radiating that light into the world around us. Friends, thank you for being that light as the church gathered here in this corner of his kingdom at St. John's. And if you believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, that he is your comfort, that he is your blessed assurance, no matter what your background, open up your hands as we surrender our lives to him and we pray the way that he has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, no matter what your background. As our ushers come forward, come. Come to the table.
the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor, give you his peace. In the name of our God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace.